Hi, I'm Cindy Joe, and welcome to the second show of Creativity Inside and Out. In our last show, which was our debut show, we had Jeffrey Polk as our guest, and he did a fantastic performance of music and told us so much about his life story. On this show, our guest is Mary Ann Hutz. She owns a company called Red Carpet Cookies, and she is a baker and a chef. She's going to tell us all about what she does, and then she's going to show us what she does. Hi, we're now here with Marianne Hudds, and we're in her beautiful backyard. And you're being so kind with letting us shoot this here today. Thank you. Welcome. Let's talk about, first of all, what you do exactly, if you can. <laughs> yeah, it changes week to week. Uh, I'm a baker and a chef. There are very few of us who do both but I do. Um, we have some regular clients, uh, tea house, caterers, restaurants, and then we do made-to-order parties and events and cakes. So that's what we do. Right. I love it. I love it. Um, on every one of these shows, the guest and I are going to talk about how we first met. So oh. how did we first meet? I don't remember initially I know the genesis of it Okay, was audiobooks because you're in that world and my husband Tony Huds uh, is one of the kind of stalwart directors, producers in that world. So we met through Tony and then we see, we've seen you, I've met you at parties and events and social things so that's how we know each other. Right. I do remember at one party, a birthday party huh? for a mutual friend, we tore up the Beatles in the living room. Hairbrushes, Hair right? Hairbrushes. <laughs> Hairbrushes. That was it. Uh, it yeah, when, and we yeah, we had a great time. That was a That was fun. Party, yeah. I'm just glad nobody videotaped that. You know. Yeah, it would be haunting us now. <laughs> it would. It would be online for sure. <laughs> um, let's start at the beginning. Let's start at your childhood and where you were born and where you were raised. I was born at Glendale Memorial Hospital, not far from here. I grew up in Sunland, which is about twenty miles from here, uh, same house the whole time I was growing up. My brother still lives in that house. Oh, really? Or lives again in that house. I went to public high school and then I was fortunate enough to go to Occidental College in the 70s, 60s and 70s. And um, no, just the 70s. Sorry. And where is Occidental? Oxy's in Eagle Rock. Okay. Um, small liberal arts college taught me how to think. Yeah. And um, graduated in 1975, so it's coming up on my 50th oh my gosh. college reunion. And we're talking about California, by the way. In California, yeah. In California. That's, that was my growing up. It was very fun. I was a psychology major, and, and I had enough units to be an art minor because I really was interested in tons and tons of different things. So I got to really experience learning from top people in their fields all, in many, many fields, so it was great fun. That's great. And didn't Barack Obama go to that school too? Ten years after I did. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> so yes. Barack you Obama. paved the way. Well, and he, he went there when he was Barry Obama, and I think they have now made some kind of little shrine out of his dorm room. It was very funny. If Are it, you serious? They, they, I think they have a plaque, or, a, or it's common knowledge which room was his. And then he transferred and graduated from college. Does anybody else ever live in that room, or is I it? I think they live. I don't think that college can afford to make it a permanent shrine and lose the income from a, a resident in the hall. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was there. Oh, that's awesome. Now, then you got married. I got married while I was still in school, um, and that was 
pretty exciting. Lived in California for a couple of years and then my husband decided to go to grad school. So we moved to Boston and lived in Boston for the coldest winter ever and then the blizzard of 1977 with a 10 week old baby and I said, I'm done, really? I'm out. By July of that next year, we were back in LA and so I moved back to the valley. So I moved to Encino and um, was fortunate enough to be a stay at home mom for a while and that was fun, got to PTA. Um, what happened to the, the husband's grad school? It was really sad. He got to grad school and his mother had been diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Oh. And Harvard expected him to pay, his parents to pay most of his education because he was under 25. But his father had died tragically and his mother was sick and his mother said, you know, you have champagne taste and a beer budget. Right. So go do your thing. Yeah. So after one semester, my husband left Harvard, went back to work. So we were in Boston for another year and a half. And then that was enough. Right. Yeah. But you were fine with leaving and coming back this direction? Yes, I was perfectly, I didn't want to stay in, in <laughs> yeah. Boston. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Yeah. See, I'm born and raised Southern California, too. I wouldn't know. It snowed, and I made sure it was snowing out all the windows. How dumb is that? <laughs> if the sky was blue outside, I thought it was warm. Right. I know that still floors me. How can the sun be shining, but it's cold? Cold, like freezing cold. It's like, it makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. So. And, you know, I amused people in Boston about things like going to the snow from California. You know about going to the snow. Totally foreign concept to them. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it maybe, I don't know, five times in my entire life, snow. No, really? Yeah, just because, you know, and I grew up at the base of the San Bernardino Mountains, which is mm. in California, but we didn't, we, we didn't go up when there was snow on the roads. Oh, we would. I grew up at the base of the San Gabriel Mountains. Sunland is right up there. Right, right. So when did you start baking? My mother was cool. She's, she's responsible for this because I had an interest in everything that was going on in the kitchen. I think I've always had FOMO. I was youngest child. And so she would let me get up on the counter when I was three and four years old. You were little. And let me do real things. I mean, I never had, I never had small sets of things. I used a real measuring cups, real measuring spoons, and I got to mix and measure and sift. And when I was about seven, I made my parents stay in bed so that I could serve them toast and orange juice as breakfast in bed. Oh. So I've always had this hospitality gene and this baking gene. And then my mom just let me cook out of Betty Crocker cookbook. Mm -hmm. And I started baking, baking, baking. And so by the time I was 11, I made, made a cake that was a an, an angel food cake and mm -hmm. was pesky because you had to separate the eggs, whatever. But mm -hmm. Then I learned that if you baked, people really paid attention. And it's like, they do. They do. And so, <laughs> so uh, and then in, in high school and college, I learned that if you bake and give cookies away, people are very happy with you. And that continued through my various careers that were before baking, uh, that I would always be assigned to dessert. And I would just, I just got better and better at it. And I loved to do it. And I would do baking as therapy. When I had had a, a, a bad day or a bad week, I would say to Tony, I'm going to bake. <laughs> so, I, when I was three, so I've been 
baking for over six years. So you never years. had the Easy Bake Oven then? No, no. Yeah, I had that. Did you? Yeah. No, I didn't. Slide the little trays I, through. <laughs> when I had a sports car, that was an Easy Bake Oven. <laughs> 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 but no, I always said the real deal. Right. And when my grandkids bake with me, it's the real deal. They're using real right. equipment. Yeah. Yeah. They'll use those skills forever. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what's interesting though is my baking and cooking skills go as far as what my mother knew and taught me. And there it stops. Cold, mm-hmm. right? You know, I've I've learned a few things, but you know, I read recipes and I'm like, I don't know what kind of pan that is. You know, and stuff like that, because my mom didn't use it. And I learned from my grandmother. My grandparents lived um, in a trailer park, and they would have a monthly pancake breakfast for all the residents. And she took home the leftover pancake dough and turned it into the most astonishing cinnamon rolls that you can possibly imagine. She never iced them, so I never iced them. And, and I, I can't do it as well as she did it with leftover pancake batter. Mm-hmm. So she was a, a darn good cook, a baker expert. too. And yeah. She was a reasonable cook, but she was a good <laughs> baker. So, you know, and I, I spent time with her in the kitchen and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of learned that I loved it. Mm-hmm. Learned that I felt at home in a kitchen and I felt good about doing things. and. Still for me, one of the joys of my life is somebody tasting like chocolate cake. It's like, oh my gosh, this is the whatever. This is the best chocolate cake. This is the best scone. This is the best, you know, food I've ever eaten of that type. And when somebody comes in and says, I have the best recipe for whatever. I just look at those as fighting words. <laughs> you know, that's fighting words. You're like, don't even say that to me. You know, <laughs> let me have your, let me have yours, All and right. I'm gonna figure it out, and I'm gonna do one better. <laughs> and you know, as you say this, it's it's like bringing joy to other people's lives, yeah, right? Yeah. Through baking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and and a bride and groom getting married, they want to have a joyful experience with mm-hmm. their cake, and. I believe it has to be beautiful, but it also has to be delicious, because if it's not, it's a deception. And we've all been to the weddings where the cakes are dry or whatever. They're pretty, but it's all, you know, it's all hat and no cattle. Thank you. (laughs) Can I borrow that? You may. Okay, thank you. You may. (laughs) Yep. Thank you. You mentioned other careers, or, Mm -hmm. yeah, so what else do you do? I was a typist at a detective agency when we were in Boston at the point where we had dictaphones and we go back and forth with your your foot. With your foot? With your foot, yeah. Rewind, play, rewind, play. You controlled it with a foot pedal? Yeah, with a foot pedal. Oh, there you go. And then you typed an electric typewriter with um, carbon paper. I remember this was, that. This was 1976, so it's a long time ago. So it, it, that was really fun because we would type up transcripts of people who were tailing people other people and you know who needs who needs a mystery or a crime novel when you have the real life stuff right (laughs) it's true so I did that I worked uh, in a company that made machines that folded boxes and that was kind of interesting different different and he was also an Oxy alum so that was fun I worked in a family business my dad had 
uh, a business that did credit reporting. And so I went to work for her te him temporarily and stayed there 10 years. As I worked for him, I became more and more involved in schools. And so um, I ended up working for LA Unified School Dist District for a little while. And then um, I was recruited by the wife of somebody I was working with. And she was very involved in schools. And mm -hmm. she said, you need to go work for my husband. And so <laughs> I got into executive search work and that. So I worked in executive search and then I worked in higher ed and I went back and forth for many years mm -hmm. in those two worlds. And then um, in 2010, I was, or 11, I was working at Cal State Northridge. I was doing really well. I got a new boss. And that was that, that was the end of that, oh you know, um, when a, it, and it just wasn't, she had never liked me and I was never gonna be the person that she wanted in that job. Yeah. So um, I woke up one morning and I didn't have a job and I had put it out there that, you know, I was interested in stuff and somebody contacted me and I said to Tony, oh, I might go, to go on for an interview. It was actually at Halston. And he said, why do you want to stay in HR? Why don't you go be a baker? Which was pretty much a directive, right? And I thought, oh, was it? <laughs> His suggestions are pretty um, strong. Okay. <laughs> so, so I decided, okay, well, what do I have to lose? So yeah. here with my BA from Occidental College, I went to West Valley Occupational Center and took all three of their classes, you know, 40 some years after, 30 some years after my last class. So I took the culinary program and learned what I didn't know, learned a lot about baking and a lot about culinary and knew that that wasn't enough. So I went and took classes at LA Trade Tech. That part was funny because I was older than everybody except three of the instructors. <laughs> so here you're back in school. And back in school when I'm 57. Oh my gosh. And the instructors, some of, most of the instructors are even a little younger than I am. Right. So the students call me Mama Huds. Oh, that's cute. Which was, which was yeah. fun, I, you know, take the name you're given. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. And so I'm still friends with several of those people. That's, uh -huh. you know, that was really fun. But that was a much more intense program where you know, this is pie week and now, this is bread week and now, this is, you know, this is laminated dough week. And oh, it, so you that. just do, yeah. you just go and go and go. And, and some of the students did not like me and thought I was kind of pompous because when they would say, you know, who's made this? I would raise my hand. Me, me. <laughs> me, me. And I probably should have just sat on my hands and, but I'm not that type, you know. Why? It wasn't my goal to have everybody like me in that in that yeah. program. My goal was to suck as much knowledge out of it. And then my classes, the next class in my series was um, was impacted, so I didn't get into it. So my professors all said, "Go, go, start your business, get out." Right. So, meanwhile, uh, when I had been at West Valley they came and recruited for Universal Studios. So my first job as a baker was in the production bakery at Universal Studios. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. It was fun, it, you know, and it was fun, but it was also really funny because 
My first day was about filling cups for Jello. <laughs> and Here then you they, have all this training and knowledge yeah, and yeah, all go, these skills. Go fill, go fill it and then go put them in the Jello room. There's a Jello room. I didn't know there was a Jello room. I didn't even know where the Jello room was, <laughs> and I didn't know that you have to be very careful with the cart because it, your Jello is <laughs> going to slosh if you put. My Jello sloshed. So, oh no! What did you do? Take a corner too fast or well, something? Went through a, the the kitchens all have drainage oh, because okay. they hose down the kitchens at the end of the day. There's grates so, in the floor, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so it wasn't the gr best first day on the job ever. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> laughing, but that's hysterical. <laughs> but you know, it was funny, and so I would I would make I would work on. Nobody ever took any project from finished to end uh -huh. because there was so much production. So I would work on icing the big old donuts that they serve mm. in the park. And I would work on croissants and I would work on, you know, lots and lots of different things. We had a lot of packaging. So right. uh, you just came in and you got a station and, you know, I worked two overnight shifts. Ooh, no, ouch. thank you. Ouch. And then, but I worked off and I worked four to midnight. Um, because I challenged them on something and then I was banned to four to midnight. So I knew why it happened. But, uh, but then there, I said- Wait, 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 <laughs> go oh, back and go back to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they gave me a recipe for brownies. Yeah. You know, when you make the brownies in a thing that's bigger than the chair, you know, big. Okay. So to make the brownie batter and then it, you're gonna store it in a tub that's probably, well, you know, this big bed, this big bed, the tub. And then they just dish out the batter. That's a lot every, of batter. A lot of batter. So I followed it. Takes this, 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 and this much water. And I added that much water. And the whole thing was like chocolate soup or chocolate iced tea. I mean, it was thin, thin, thin. But you added what was on the... I followed the directions. And somebody said, I, I said, you know, I don't think this batter is proper. And they came up and said, of course it's not proper. It's too wet and whatever. And they said, what happened? What did you do? And I said, I followed the directions. And I showed them the directions. I said, these are the directions. Right. Well, those aren't right. Don't yeah. kill the messenger. Yeah. And so it was too hard to fix that batter because they would have had to like Add flour and all sorts of stuff for you know it couldn't be the base it was it was just too difficult so they lost that whole batch of cocoa powder and you know the cocoa powder but that's hadn't somebody else followed that same the same directions before my guess would be they knew that some they knew that it was wrong or nobody had maybe had they had written it just for me and somehow some brain fart came in there and they had it Whatever it was, yeah. I followed the directions. And when the head of the bakery said what happened, and I said, this is not my deal. Yeah. This one's not mine because I followed directions. Banned to four to midnight. midnight. <laughs> banned, you know. So yeah, so I was banned from four to midnight to the four to midnight shift, which made life really interesting because Tony worked pretty standard hours. Right. I would get home at one in the morning. He would still be up because he's a night owl. We'd have between one and two to talk. Right. We would both go to bed. He would get up and go to work. And so he'd be gone before I really got up. Right. And so then I would leave at 
2.30 in the afternoon because you have to change your whatever. Yeah. He wouldn't be home from studio yet. Right. And so that was, any time I was working during the week, that was our schedule. And I now know that you can do anything for six months mm. because that lasted for six months. And then they had a schedule thing where they would email you your schedule. They forgot to email me the schedule or their system got all broken. And I, I went to work one day and they said, well, you're working tomorrow night. And I said, nope, I'm quitting. Thanks you everybody. Nice. Nice. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. too old to fiddle around with yeah, stuff. Exactly. So, but I, lear I, I learned what I needed to learn. I got paid $10 and 50 cents an hour, which <laughs> was like being paid to go, to go to grad school. It was right, a little supplement. Right. So it was um, a paid education. Pa it was a paid internship. That's how yeah. I looked at it. And, um, you know, have stories to tell about funny right. things. And, right. Um, and then you decided, was that the point where you decided to start your own company and bakery? It was. It was, it was decided that, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. Um, I thought, okay, I don't know how to do the business end of it, yeah. but let's check that out. So I went to um, a local business development group and I went through a 10 week business plan planning. And of course, none of that came true, but they taught me how to sell, set up my LLC. They talked about different things. So, things I, have to know. Yeah. so I learned another aspect of it and uh, I became one of the first hundred kitchens licensed by LA County through what's called the F Cottage Food Law. And what is that? So that's a law that allows you to legally have a home-based food business. Oh. So there's a, there are a lot of rules. It's rules about how you store things, how you label things. There are rules about what you can sell. You can sell anything that doesn't need refrigeration, okay. uh, no, but nothing with meat products. Okay. And so you could do jams if they were properly, I don't remember, you know, properly sealed, uh -huh. um, properly canned is what the word is. Okay. So you could do jams if they were properly canned. You could do trail mix, you could do cookies. And then, but for cookies, and trail mix, you have to submit all your labels. This is what I'm gonna do, it's gonna say. With and the ingredients? With the ingredients listed in order, with the weight, with the whole thing, not, yeah, with the weight. So, and then you have to have your name in a certain font and you have to do that whole thing and they have to be submitted. So I submitted all mine and they came back and said, you can't do this cookie that you're calling orange, that you're calling chocolate strips. And I said, why not? Because it's strips. <laughs> You're not serious. I am. I said, and I, and I wanted to say, what do you think? What do you think they are? Strips of bacon and Band-Aid and paper? <laughs> no, I said, please reconsider. Because they were just, they were just people who were compliance people. And yeah. I said, please look at the ingredients and reconsider instead of saying, you are dumber than a rock. <laughs> so... I got to do the strips and it turns out I really don't like them very much. I was doing them for my brother-in-law and, and I'm, they're not sellable, so I'm not even doing the strips oh, anymore. It's a moot point now, but. Yeah, yeah. but you know. And then, what's the name of your company? My company's named Red Carpet Cookies. Very pretty. We don't do carpets. <laughs> we haven't asked. You're kidding. No, no, really? true story, true story. I know. 
I, well, what kind of carpets do you do? <laughs> we don't do carpets. Can you see the whole company name? And I have to be very patient with people because I'd like to wring their necks. Red Carpet Cookies. Do you know about the red carpet? Do you know about Hollywood and the award shows and all of that? Where people walk down the red carpet? Get the blank look. Well, that means it's really special. That's a good Welcome week. to holiday. It means yeah. that they're super special and they are deluxe or enough to serve at a very fancy event. They're, they're appropriate for that. Yeah. And that describes the cookies. Right. It's not carpet. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, red carpet cookies. Thought about it. it the name came about when a friend of ours was, we were all actually at we're, why, uh, San Diego Wild Animal Park in line to go. And I said to her friend, Lawrence, I said, Lawrence, how did your mom like the cookies? Mm -hmm. She thought they were so good, they were like they were from the red carpet. Oh. And as a group, all 10 of us went, Oh, oh hello. hello, that's the name <laughs> of the company. So the next day, we saved the name with the mm -hmm. register people or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's how that was born. And I thought, obviously, I would be the cookie queen of the San Fernando Valley because that's what my business plan said, is that, I would, <laughs> is that I would do chocolate chip cookies from here to kingdom come. Other people would carry them, whatever. Right. But you do what business asks you to do. Right. Yeah. And so I still do a lot of chocolate chip cookies. They're darn good. And what else do you make? I know you make cakes. I make right. cakes. I make cookies. Uh, we make scones and clotted cream and jam, all for a tea house in Santa Monica. Oh, wow. The Buena Vida Tea Garden. And, in fact, we do much more baking for them. But then I do wedding cakes, and mm -hmm. I will do a cake tasting, mm -hmm. and the bride or groom will say, well, we don't want chocolate cake for the wedding. And after the tasting, they say, we want chocolate cake for the wedding. <laughs> what do they usually want, white cake? So I make a really good bride's white, white cake that's very popular. I have done a cardamom wedding cake. I don't even know, what is that? Cardamom is a seed pod, so it has a particular, like, um, like a spice, it's a, like a spicy thing. But this was a, uh, two people from India who were getting married and one was Hindu and one was whatever and it was very, very fancy. So we did a cardamom cake for them. Uh -huh. um, and it was a five tier cake. The only tier that was real was the bottom tier, but that was a 16 inch by five inch cake. So oh my that fed a lot of people <laughs> and then the rest were styrofoam Styrofo foam that we decorate just like we do a regular cake we use real frosting and oh so. is that what's what is usually done on wedding cakes is that all the layers all the all the yeah all the fancy layers yeah that they're not always real cake i don't i don't know what percentage that is um when i obviously for smaller weddings i'll do a two or three layer, layer cake mm -hmm. or tiered cake and all of that cake That's is eaten. Tears, tears right? Right, right, right. Each tier is made of layers, and then the tears are how high it is. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, so I do wedding cakes, and I do interesting, funny cakes. I did a Harry Potter sorting hat cake, um, which for quite a while actually looked like a pile of poop. <laughs> it was a little frightening. <laughs> then I was able and that to. That was an, an original creation. Right? It was an original creation. I had a, I had a picture of the sorting hat, and you know, so we we were able to do the 
a pen, you know, the lips and the nose and the, right. the tilts he had. And then um, we did patches and the client was about nine and it was her birthday and she was, she was delighted. But she did not see it in process because it's a little frightening at times. And Tony had to stay out of the kitchen because like, no, don't come in here because you'll tell me it looks like a pile of poop. <laughs> so, so, and then when people get married and just want a dessert bar, that's great. You do dessert bar for that. And, you know. and then I've done some catering where I have flown to San Francisco and done a wine tasting. I flew a, during, during the pandemic, I did a lot of virtual wine and cheese things. So I would oh, pack up nice. wine and cheese for an apartment complex, uh -huh. all in individual packages and ship it off and really? ship them the wine. And then I would be on Zoom with them and we would taste the wines and taste the cheeses and have some snacks and yeah. just, and a lot of people didn't even join the Zoom meeting. They would just pick up their wine and go back to their apartment. Not my, <laughs> not my problem. So, yeah. <laughs> I just do it for the people that show up. Yeah, that's good. Okay, and we are going to take a pause here. Great. And we will be back.